0: Welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of the Talking Ball Y'all Podcast, and Clay, we've got a lot on uh, the slate for this podcast, coming back off of our little spring break that we had.
1: Yeah, and Jeff, what a time to be talking sports, man. Uh, we're recording on late on a Sunday evening, Tiger Woods wins the Masters. Man, a don't special, get me started. Special day, man, for him to... Uh, what they say, the comeback is complete, right. and he's able to uh, put the green jacket on uh, once again. So, very cool. Spring football in the air. So, that's a pretty neat deal. Everybody loves football. Give us a, a chance to talk football some. Uh, tonight, uh, baseball rolling along, high school, college, of course, Major League Baseball. You know, right. they the listeners are already, are exactly, I you. They already know about the Braves. Uh, and then the NBA playoffs, right. something that uh, certainly sparks both of our interests. So a fine time, as we say a lot here, but this is a great time to be a sports fan. And uh, seeing what happened with Tiger earlier today was pretty neat.
0: Well, yeah, and if anybody was watching the coverage early, it was an early time for CBS coming on at 8 o'clock. Uh, Just a great time. Tiger wins his first major in 11 years. He's got five green jackets. He's one behind Jack Nicklaus with six, and then one ahead of the late Arnold Palmer with four. So he's right in the middle of two greats, uh, a left and a right, uh, looking ahead and behind him, so to speak. And just a great atmosphere. They posted it uh, a side-by-side image of Tiger coming off the green when he won it in, I think it was 97, hugging his daddy. Coming off, and then him coming off today, hugging his son. And just from me and you both being parents and and watching our kids do stuff, I mean, it was just a great – and kind of got Tiger a little choked up in Butler cabin when they was talking to him. And, And who wouldn't be choked up seeing them images?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just a really, really cool scene Uh, today there in Augusta. And and we'll cover some of uh, of these topics, but we certainly wanted to give uh, Tiger his due at the top of the show. Uh, In this show, you will hear an interview with Jeff and I and Jamie Arrington. He hosts a podcast that is centered on Southern Miss Athletics. So we get his opinion on all things Southern Miss there uh, and mainly a review of the spring game that was held Saturday. So if you're a Southern Miss fan – you will certainly want to hear what Jamie has to say about Southern Miss athletics as a whole as we uh, – it's a wide-ranging interview there. And then we get local with baseball because we did a season preview with these three guys. We now have them back to wrap up the regular season. And it's exciting because all three right. will continue to play, all three of our uh, high schools here in, in – and in our county will continue to play into the playoffs we will start those interviews with Cody Steigner, the Picune head coach and then we'll go Neil Walter and then head up north to Popperville and Slade Jones so we'll go uh, from south to north in our county here and hear from those guys and uh, we're excited to have you as listeners we're over the 15,000 uh, listen mark so we're certainly excited about that As a podcast, before we hear from Jamie Arrington and his thoughts on Southern Miss Athletics, we'll take a short break, hear from one of our sponsors, and then roll right into our interview. So you'll hear from uh, Jamie Arrington, Cody Stagner, Neil Walter, and then Slade Jones. Thank you for listening.
0: Making decisions on when and where to further your education is a big step in life. So let Pearl River Community College be the destination for you. Pearl River offers the first two years of any major and over 42 career and technical programs. They have three locations to better serve your educational needs. The Hancock Center at 454 Highway 90 Suite D in Waveland. The Forest County Center at 5448 Highway 49 South in Hattiesburg. And the main campus located at 101 Highway 11 North in Poplarville. Pearl River Community College. Roll, River, Roll.
1: This should be fun, y'all. We have Jamie Arrington with the To The Top podcast uh, joining us tonight. Jeff, and we're going to talk, as we normally do, kind of Southern Miss sports in a roundtable way, but we're going to add Jamie to the mix. Thanks for joining us, Jamie.
2: I'm pretty inspired right now. I was laying in the bed all day, and Tiger inspired me to get up and actually, I don't know, wash my hair or something out of the ordinary for a Sunday, so yeah, got me in a good mood right now. I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: As long as you were wearing your red uh, mock turtleneck mock turtle as you neck. were washing that hair,
2: I actually, I actually like laid on my clothes for tomorrow, and I'm wearing my red polo with my black slack just to see if anybody notices.
1: <laughs> you crazy thing! All right, James. So this gives us a good segue. Introduce people uh, that aren't familiar with your podcast because we want them to be uh, to yourself and and what y'all are doing with to the top and then we'll get into some Southern Miss talk.
2: Okay. So to the top talk is uh, my podcast along with my good friend, Jason Bailey. Um, I'm a third generation golden Eagle. Uh, I would see more when I was at Southern Mist, and you have Jason, who's, you know, one of the biggest diehards and we were kind of introduced through his wife, and I was friends with her. I worked with her back in the day, and uh, me and Jason really hit it off. And, and I drive a lot. I'm on the road a lot, and I always like listening to podcasts. And you know, when we started this, I guess in about in 2016, there weren't any Southern Miss podcasts out there. So I kind of wanted to do something that I would want to listen to, but from a fan's perspective. You know, we we have conversations that we had on the phone all the time. So it's kind of like just taking it and putting it, you know, to the reporter. And, you know, we know we're idiots. We know that we don't know as much as we probably should. But it's fun to, to banter about it. And it's fun to have something to talk about. And also fun to put something out in the atmosphere that uh, represents Southern Miss, kind of like you guys are doing with South Mississippi, you know, the same type of thing. So um, it's a fun podcast. It's laid back. We like to have a good time. But we also take our Southern Miss rather seriously.
1: Y'all do, Jamie. We appreciate uh, being able to listen. Uh, there's not enough outlets for Southern Miss. Uh, that's not actually, and I'm not, you know, I think the school does a good enough job of putting information out, but y'all certainly being an outlet is, is very helpful. And, and y'all mix in comedy as you've described, but uh, one of y'all's recent podcast interviews was Coach Hoag, uh, the Southern Miss softball uh, coach. And boy, have they been on a roll since y'all had
2: her on. Jason texted me earlier and said the same thing. He's like, "Since we had that interview, it's <laughs> been on quite the run." And uh, you know, it's one of those things where you just kind of had a feeling at some point things were going to click for Southern Miss softball, and it kind of feels like that's happened the past couple of weeks. So uh, hopefully, they can get back to what we were in the late '90s, you know. But uh, if not, at least contend for a conference championship.
1: Absolutely, have now won nine in a row in our. Our good friend and broadcast uh, partner on uh, Friday nights and a friend of the podcast, Jason Baker, uh, normally has the call for those games, and uh, exciting to kind of keep up with them, and that was a great interview that y'all were able uh, to do with Coach Hogue. So go back and uh, catch up on that one, and as you said, hopefully they'll continue their winning ways. We wanted to get um, your thoughts and recap on the spring game uh, this past Saturday. Jamie, if you could kind of tell our listeners what you saw.
2: You know, the first thing when you get there to the state, you know, it was it was exciting. It was Saturday at the Rock. It was great to be out there, but you kind of had a weather delay. As soon as, I you mean, know, I was walking probably fifteen minutes before the game and just heard thunder golf in the background, and I guess that's what a forty-five minute delay. So once it actually started, it was a great time. There were, you know, as you guys may have seen, there were honorary coaches for the game. Brett Favre was the honorary coach for the black team. Reggie Collier of the gold team, and in an interview. Uh, The day before, Brett Favre called Reggie the greatest college football player in history during an interview with TMZ. So if you haven't seen that, go check that out. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, Also, there were a lot of football alums on the sidelines. You had guys like Sammy Winder, Adelius Thomas, Antoine Cash, among others. And um, it was really good to see. There's been a lot of hype about the depth on this team, you know, coming in with a different offense, um, you know, having the closest we've had in, to a full roster in quite some time. The gold team won the game 10 to six. Um, it was probably, obviously from the the score there, a, more of a defensive battle than anything else. But so you have to factor in there were a lot of players held out for injuries on both sides of the ball. And then you kind of have to take the spring game for the grain of salt anyways because you're usually not playing with an entire first team offensive line. You're not playing with guys that we play together. So they're not going to be as jailed as they're probably going to be come September. Um, Tate Wiley, probably, I'd say he stole the show at quarterback. He was he went 9 for 15 for 203 yards. Had a 64 TD pass to Trevor Terry, which was just perfect in stride. He also hit Neil McClure on a couple of jump ball catches. Neil was a guy that was banged up last year. Um, he was a transfer from Southwest Community College. I think he went to Minnesota to play quarterback at first. They, they moved him to receiver and he transferred from there. But you kind of got to saw what he was capable of moving him to the outside. He had uh, two jump ball receptions, one of 33 yards and one of 44 yards, where he just basically went up and took the ball. Kind of Corey Robertson-esque, mm. if you were going to make a comparison in the way that he was able to reach the ball at the high point. Jack Abraham, not as solid of a day as as Tate, uh, but if you, you keep up with the reports throughout the spring, Jack has more than held his own and, and looks to be the starter heading into the uh, the summer. Jack was eighteen for twenty seven for one hundred and ninety point yards with a nineteen yard touchdown pass to Will Petosky. Um The player of the game, though, if you were going to pick a player of the game, it would have to be Trey Davis. And Trey Davis was a guy who sat out the entire twenty eighteen season with a neck injury. I mean, if you saw that play during practice, it, it you we weren't sure if he was ever gonna play again. Mm-hmm. But he's back, had two in, two interceptions on the day. They had him playing in a little free safety, which I think is a rather new position for him. But he had two interceptions, the second play being the play that clinched the game for the goal team. So really a great day for some Southern Miss football and you know, if you take if you if you're just watching the game, not really knowing the whole story, not knowing the guys at are injured, not knowing, you know, how they have the teams divided up, you might be a little uncertain, but I think this is, this is going to shape up to be a really solid football season for the Golden Eagles.
0: You know, Jamie, and you're you're kind of leading right into the question that I was going to ask about the upcoming season. I know we're in mid-April, but we're talking football. The spring games are going on. Everybody likes to talk football. Uh, Clay and I are big Golden Eagle fans. But what is Coach Jay Hobson looking forward to next season with this team? Is it going to be – do we need to bring the big powerhouse defensive back like we had with the nasty bunch back in the day? Uh, what 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 dynamics is going to uh, uh, come of this Golden Eagle team to get back to them winning ways, competing at the top, winning the Conference USA Championship, and maybe even getting on the bigger stage, uh, getting back in the top 25, top 20 uh, as a football program?
2: Well, I think if you look at – the first thing you have to look at is what we actually lost last year, and we didn't lose a lot of seniors. There to different reasons, you know, attrition over the years, uh, the way we had to build with Juco players back in 2015. And you can really lose a lot of players in the offseason, especially on the offensive side of the ball. The defense, which was arguably the best defense in conference USA, I think at least statistically, um, you have a lot coming back there. And you have some depth. You know, some players that set out last season that are going to be coming in. And you've got a lot of size up. I think that – I believe there's going to be some situations where you could have four guys up front that could more than hold their own all of all of uh, 300 pounds or more. So you've got some big linemen that that we haven't necessarily had in the past uh, that can move. And, um, you know, when we've had the really solid teams in the past, you think back to 2015 or you think back to, you know, the, the late 90s, early 2000s, you had a lot of depth on your line, you had a lot of size, and you had a lot of speed. So I think you're going to see a lot of that on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, um, just being completely honest, I think there were some coaches that didn't necessarily fit in on the offensive side of the ball. One of them was the coordinator. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now that he's gone, I think that the players really respond to these new coaches they have. And I think that the tandem of um, Buster Faulkner and Scotty Walden Mm -hmm. is going to pay dividends this season. Um, But you also have, yes, a lot of guys that, were very inexperienced last year, they're gonna have experience this year. You know, your running backs, your Steven Anderson, Travinsky Mose, you know, Jack Abraham. The quarterback division last year, you know, your top two on the depth chart went mm. down right before the season started. So you've got two experienced quarterbacks. You've got another guy who, by the way, uh Jaden Johnson, mm. he, he he did play a lot the other day, but he played enough to I'm just like, all right, this guy's gonna be really special one day. I mean, best size on the team Live arm, you didn't get to see his feet much, but I think he's the fastest quarterback on the team. Um, his first throw should have been a touchdown. I think it was, it was a little miscommunication with him and the wide receiver, but I mean the throw was on point And I was are going, man, for his first throw, and then it just it didn't connect. But it's good out. So he's there's going to be a lot of depth at quarterback as well. Um, I'll give you a couple of newcomers that kind of passed the eye test, at least uh, with me. I don't have any stats on them, but. TQ Newsome, former quarterback out of Gulfport High School, mm-hmm. uh, he looked pretty stout. I mean, he took a he took a shellacking on one play. got back up, bounced back up, and and went on to play the next play. Chris Scruggs, a wide receiver out of out of Florida, I, I think this is going to be a guy that if Quiz Watkins doesn't come back this fall, uh, you'll definitely see a lot of Chris Scruggs. Uh, Swayze Bozeman, linebacker. Out of Ko Lynn. Um, he's another guy that that has some, you can kind of see the athleticism with him out there on the field. So, in addition to not losing a lot, we, we, we brought a lot in. And uh, so I think it's setting up for what should be a pretty successful season for the Golden Eagle football team.
1: I really agree with you there. And I think the expectation uh, going into a year is going to be as high as they've been for a while, which is exciting for a fan base. And I know y'all uh, do y'all's part in trying to. Uh, motivate a fan base to to get into uh, the rock and to experience Saturdays there at Southern Miss, and so I think it'll be a fun time. I can't wait. Our, our season tickets are, are are ready to rock and roll, and so should be a lot of fun. Let's kind of shift gears. We appreciate. Uh, that review of the spring game and kind of preview looking forward. Let's look at uh, the baseball diamond where uh, maybe the news hasn't been as good over the past uh, two weeks. This has been such a streaky team. But, uh, Jamie, the last two weeks we've uh, had to salvage series, and that's not uh, really what we were looking for out of of this team. But what can you say, man, just kind of hot and cold?
2: Yeah, I've been very inconsistent. I mean – um, lost our last two series on the road, you know, uh, win one out of three against UTSA and one out of three against FIU. But yeah, very inconsistent, a lot of errors. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know if I can remember a time where we had a team that played with this many errors, you know. But that, that being said, you know, still a solid season overall, sitting 21 and 12 on the season and 11 and 4 in Conference USA. Um, but if they're going to make a run, if they're going to make it to the postseason, There's going to have to be some improvements between now and May.
1: Absolutely, and uh, get a chance to do that. Go to South Alabama midweek and then uh, have Charlotte coming this weekend, an earlier start because they'll go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, of course, with it being Easter Sunday. But uh, not much better experience than you can have to me on a college level than go see a baseball game at the Pete. Would you uh, second that, Jamie?
2: It's a very unique experience. Yeah, absolutely. Pete's an amazing ma- environment for baseball. You know, the thing about the Pete is, um, I think we're we're always top twenty in attendance every year. It's very unique with the roof being out there. This is in the middle of, you know, LSU, old Miss. You're, you're in the middle of some very big stadiums geographically. So people may not realize how special it really is, um, even though it's probably one of the you know top twenty stadiums in the country.
1: Certainly agree with that, and some. Uh, Great chances to go see some baseball. And once again, that Charlotte series is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I want to say that Saturday is a brunch-type start. I I think I saw it at 10 a.m. on Saturday. And so that will will be interesting. And uh, let's ask one more question. The new athletic director, and we'll tie that with the basketball opening. Jamie, just to get your uh, thoughts on those two topics before we let you get out of here.
2: Okay, the new athletic director, Jeremy McClain. Um, I really honestly I, I when we did our episode after it was announced that we were gonna be looking for a new A D, he was one of the names that we mentioned, but I wasn't really sure about whether or not, you know, he would come back because we don't really I don't really know where we're at so we're, where we're at sometimes, you know, especially financially when it mm-hmm. compares to other institutions. But apparently Troy it was a, it was a step up from what Troy uh, had on the table. I know that he loved his time here. I, I really thought a lot of him. Bill McGillis spoke very highly of him. Mm-hmm. I thought with Bill after the hire was made and he said that he could he could step into any athletic department in the country and make a difference that he's a very very special guy when it comes to athletics administration. So I'm excited about the hire. I kind of feel like he gets it if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. He's, um, he's not an outsider. He he, he he understands the atmosphere here in Hattiesburg, and I think he has a, an understanding of what it's going to take to be successful. And you look at some of the things he's done at Troy, and you can you can look at some of the plans that he laid out there. Some of the hires he's made up, Chip Lindsey, was great. Mm. And um, it really feels like he's going to be a great fit. Now, as far as basketball goes, um, if you've listened to the show or if you've followed us on Twitter, uh, I, while I certainly <laughs> respect it, the, the, the the job that Doc Sadler has done, uh, I never really felt like it was a great fit. And, and you know, it, this season was probably the most fun we've had in quite some time. But, uh, you know, you have to throw in there was lost loss to William Carey in there for the second time, which kind of makes you scratch your head. But um, I think there's some promise, some potential out there with, you know, what we could do with the basketball program. There's a vote coming up next week in Hattiesburg on mm-hmm. April 23rd for, you know, 1%. Um, tax that would go towards parks and recreation in Hattiesburg and, and, and Ray green Coliseum renovation. So I think that could be a huge thing for the basketball program and the city of Hattiesburg as well. But, um, there's some interesting names floating around. There's, there's some, some guys that are in the mix. I'll tell you a guy that really kind of uh, sparks my interest is a guy named Dennis Gates. He's an assistant coach at Florida state. He was up for the Cal job a couple of weeks ago. He was up for the Troy job. Jeremy McClain's familiar with them excellent recruiter I think he kind of fits the bill of a young up-and-coming coach who could uh, you know make a difference at this level and might be a big fit to bring in some excitement at, at southern miss um, another guy whose name is certainly going to be in the mix is Jay Ladner a former golden Eagle basketball player played on the 1987 NIT championship team mm-hmm. um, won the uh, NC NJC national championship while at Jones Junior college uh, a couple of years back currently at Southeastern Louisiana um you know Jay may not necessarily have the accolades that that you would like at this point but he kind of stepped into a tough situation at southeast Louisiana and I know that he's a guy that, but a lot of the alumni are pushing for um I don't necessarily think he's in the mix but Greg Heyer is a guy that I I pretty much hope gets in the mix every time we have a discussion about uh, the basketball coach Greg was an assistant here under Stacey before that, he was at Chipotle Junior College where he had an amazing run. Mm-hmm. Um, Southern Miss went to Wichita State for a while. He's currently at LSU. and I'm afraid that the smoke going on at LSU <laughs> right now may keep him from getting the, mm-hmm. the look that he probably deserves. I, I think if he can get out of that Scott free, he's going to make an amazing head coach for somebody someday. He, he gets the whole marketing, fan interaction uh, thing that, that we've kind of been missing the past few years. And he also is an excellent recruiter, so um, he's a guy that I would like to see in the mix. Unfortunately, I don't think that he is in the mix.
1: Yeah, it will certainly be an interesting hire, um, as we've mentioned, a new athletic director, and then a big job opening there on campus. So it will be interesting to see how that all plays out. And speaking of interesting, Jamie, tell them uh, our listeners where they can find y'all's podcast and where the, where they can follow you on Twitter.
2: Um, you can follow us, uh, the website, uh, Jamie Dot net slash to the top talk has links to iTunes, SoundCloud, Google play. Um, if you search for Southern Miss on iTunes, it, it'll be one of the first few that pops up, um, on Twitter at to the top talk, Instagram as well. And, and you've got a lot of sports fans listening here, a lot of local sports fans listening. So I'm going to, I'm going to ta- insert a, a, unsolicited plug here. Um, I do I do comedy on the side, and this is the fourth year that we've done a benefit show. It's called Last for Life. It's going to be August 2nd. Uh, the benefit's going to, towards Cure Childhood Cancer, the International Myeloma Foundation, and the uh, Forest General Cancer Center. But this year, our headlining act is going to be Frank Caliendo that you uh, may have seen on mm-hmm. ESPN, Fox Sports, all that good stuff. So if you're a sports fan, you know who Frank Caliendo is. And uh, I think it's really special to be able to bring him into Hattiesburg uh, for all the local fans to enjoy.
1: Absolutely. Cool. Thank you, Jamie, so much for joining us, man. And maybe there's something we can do more of in the future.
2: Likewise, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. And, and yeah, we definitely need to stay in touch on this and uh, to the top.
1: Thank you, Jamie, to the top.
0: If you're looking to insure a new house, car, or motorcycle, give Advantage Insurance Company a call at 601-749-8790 or go by and see Shauna Oder or any one of her friendly agents and let them go to work for you. Advantage Insurance is located at 4201 Highway 11 North in Picune.
1: We welcome Cody Steigner, the head coach of the District Chance Maroon Tide, uh baseball program to the podcast tonight and cody how does that sound man to be called district champs
3: i mean it's it, it sounds good but uh you know we talked about it as a team the other day uh we're not going to be satisfied uh you know it was one of the goals we set beginning of the year uh it's a great accomplishment it's a great accomplishment you know from the from the player's standpoint so what they had to do to to achieve that goal you know it's you know the old saying goes. Uh, players win games and the coach loses games. so i i give all the credit to my guys you know, they're the ones who are playing the game and uh they deserve it they've earned it and you know we're, we're, we're looking to move on now from it though and uh just uh take on the next step ahead of us
1: cody we'll talk about that uh next step and in, in just a minute but let's look back at uh what earned that that district title talk to us if you would cody about your uh, pitching staff and what they were able to do not only in district play but throughout the year just a outstanding era and, and just a ton of good quality starts along the way
3: well i mean i gotta give all the credit to uh coach drew Esslinger. he's done a tremendous job with our staff and uh i mean i think some at one point right there in our district i want to say we were somewhere around six to seven to one strikeout to walk ratio and uh, we were only averaging about 1.8 walks a game, and and that's something we went into the season with. You know, we talked about as long as we, we can limit walks, uh, we feel like we'll have a good shot to win baseball games, and that's what our guys have done. Uh, you know, everyone we put out there: Luke, Logan, Trey, uh, Chad, Dude, Heffer. Uh, they've all done a great job for us of uh, of in these district games and on the way forward. But uh, you know, it's a credit to them. It's a credit to the, those, those guys I've named their work ethic. And, uh, they bought into it, and you know, you know we're still going to keep working with them, and we're still, there's, there's still some improvements we can, we can get done. But uh, like I said, I'm, I'm proud of them for what they were able to do so far this year.
1: Cody is a former catcher. You know how important uh, that pitching is, and no free passes. Um, y'all pitch well enough. We were we've week in week out in a podcast, we'd look at that ERA and say. You know, if this team can hit a little bit, start scoring some runs, they're going to be awfully dangerous. And you all have done that at times. Talk about some guys that have, have stepped up and hit the baseball for you.
3: Well, uh, I mean, probably Kyler Logan is by far, you know, if, if you if you never heard of the guy, that's somebody you need to look at. Uh, uh, he's got somewhere between 25 and 27 hits yet this season. I haven't really looked at the uh, stat sheet today. Uh, he's our leadoff. He plays right field. He's a senior. He, he's, he's our spark plug. He gets us going, you know, it seems like every time you look up, he's on base. Uh, his on base percentage is, is, is incredible. Uh, you know, he, he puts the ball in play. He gets on by air. He does all the little things right. He's just so fun to watch. And, you know, he's, he's, he's bought into, you know, the pick uh, Marine tie baseball mentality. And, uh, but like I said, whenever he's going, you know, I feel like we're all going. And at the beginning of the year, we weren't really stringing a lot of hits together. Uh, we were we were coming over with some some, some hits and some games, but we weren't stringing back to back together. And uh, once we got in the district, you know, we started the district out one and three, and uh, we fought and won five games in a row. And uh, but our, our hitting started coming around. So uh, you know, Coach Coach Evan, uh, Coach Evan Nicholson. He works his tail off to get these guys prepared, and uh, ready for games and, and our approach, and and uh, it's shown. And the guys have been working hard with him. But uh, like I said, I mean, you know how baseball is too. Is it, you got to get hot at the right time. Because, you know, so baseball is such an up and down sport. You can fall into a slump, and next thing you know, it just takes takes one hit by pitch, one walk, one one sacrifice bunt, one uh, RBI single to get you going. And, and uh, we're starting to see that from a lot of guys. I mean, Javante Raymond struggled the rest of the year. Uh, I believe he's got five or six RBIs in just the last three games. Uh, Blake Mitchell is, 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 you know, he's just coming through in some close situations. And just he's kind of like an unsung guy. You know, you don't you don't know what he's done until you go back and look at the sheets after the game, and you're like, okay, look now, remember his, he was on base two or three times tonight. Uh, but other than that, we've
0: got a lot of guys contributing, and they're getting better still. You know, Cody, and and as you talked about getting hot at the right time, um, you, the yesterday's uh, game against uh, Biloxi, of course, a non-district game. I think you've got a game on the schedule tomorrow against Poplarville, which is a non-district game. But talk about winning the district champ and what that does for this ball club as far as getting the buy for the first round, allowing you to to look at your team, get your team ready, uh, get the cobwebs off, you know, as far as the regular season, and set back and and do your thing while you're waiting to see who, who you're going to play in the second round.
3: Well, I'm um, you know, of course, yesterday we played the lucky. They were they number one in the state, number nine in the nation according to certain polls, and, and they're ever bit that good. Uh, you know, we competed most of the game with them. We didn't have the outcome we wanted, but uh, I felt like we competed for most of the game. Not all the game, not the whole game, but um, you know, the district winning the district is just a big confidence booster. I'm not, I, you know, you know, you don't know if really getting a buy is such a good, good thing or not because you do have to take a week off from playing. Um, we're working on trying to find somebody to uh, possibly get still, you know, sneak a game in somewhere that way we can keep our our momentum going and uh, and get the rest we need. Um, but, I, you know, I talked to my guys, the way we got to treat these last few games uh, throughout the, the end of the season, we got to treat it like it's a playoff series. Uh, even though we're done with district, uh, you know, to, to me, all the games still matter. Uh, it matters that if we're getting quality reps, uh, that's why I wanted to treat it like playoff games. And that way we can have something more to play for, which to me, and, you know, every time you step on the field, I feel like you need to play to win, no matter what you're playing for. So, um, that's you know, that's the hardest part. We're trying to get through to them, but I mean, we got some guys that that realized it yesterday when you know after we got our we got our butts handed to us. And, you know, they realized it's pretty serious. That was well, a playoff team. Popperville's a playoff team. So it's going to be a good test for us and uh, to see where we're going to be at when we play uh, next Thursday.
1: Cody, if we're talking uh, down the road three or four weeks from now and things have gone the way that uh, you want them to go and that y'all are planning on to go, what are the things that y'all have to continue to do well or maybe improve and take a step forward uh, to go where you want to go in these playoffs?
3: I mean, really, if we can just – we can pitch the way we've been pitching. We've been playing really good defensively. Uh and just continue to stay high with the bats. You know, we, we get get to where we was the last five games of the district. Uh, we were swinging it well. We were, we were executing, you know, not striking out so much. We run in the score position, actually putting balls in play, getting a lot of two-out RBIs. Um, we can continue to do all those little things, you know. It's like three things I talked about at the beginning of the year. You know, we're going to try and limit, have no walks, have uh, no routine errors, and, and don't strike out runners in score position. Um we have yet to be perfect in all three of those little aspects of the game so far. So, I feel like if we can work to keep trying to, to reach that goal and be perfect in those three categories, you know, I think we can uh, expect some big things as we go forward.
1: Cody, as always, man, we consider you a close friend of the podcast. We appreciate uh, what you add when you're on here, and congratulations on winning the district. Happy uh, belated birthday and for your birthday game of Thrones starts back uh, tonight so i'm sure you'll get to enjoy some of that tonight and so oh yeah man,
3: greatest show greatest show ever made <laughs>
1: <laughs> we appreciate you cody enjoy your program tonight man
3: all right thank you guys really enjoyed it
0: the days of hiding your money in a mattress or burying it in the backyard are long gone our friends at bank plus can help you save for a rainy day Hurry in and let their friendly staff help you with all your banking needs. Stop by any of their locations today at 115 Williams Avenue and 951 Memorial Boulevard in Picayune or 105 North Main Street in Poplarville. Bank Plus is more than a name. It's a promise.
1: We've got Pearl River Central's head baseball coach, Neil Walter, joining the podcast. Now, and the Blue Devils sit at 16-9 and nine on the year, and they've earned a two-seed out of a – tough district and so Neil we appreciate you taking time for the podcast tonight. Oh, I
4: always enjoy
1: it. Coach, talk to us. Um, and we know there may be a little work left to be done but talk to us about uh, your regular season and, and how the season kind of met expectations or exceeded or, or just kind of what you thought about y'all's regular season there.
4: Well, it was a uh, year. It actually... It, it reminds us a lot of the '17 season, um, uh, and, we, and hopefully it ends up the same way we won it that year. But uh, you know, we finished. I think boy uh, in the middle of the season, we could dang near play the Yankees and beat them. Um, during that time, you know, through are eight and one during the middle third, and, and, and this middle third here, I think we've won eight in a row or nine in a row. Uh, we start off the season two and three. We our last six games were one and five. We're just similar to the 17 season. We, you know, we finished our last nine games three and um, six. So hopefully, hopefully we can get that going. You know, it just takes one win. It Takes one win to to kind of jumpstart a team. And, and we're hoping now. Of course, we play tomorrow at Pasco But we're hoping that win is, uh, you know, Friday night against. You know, we host uh, Wayne County, and uh, that's all it took. Then, as a as you get that first playoff win under your belt, and then you know, just
1: that train kept rolling. Coach, there's a cool saying when it comes to baseball, and you'll probably know it better than I do, but something to the effect of momentum's just basically who you're going to roll out to the bump uh, that next night. And when you open a series and you have uh, a youngster like y'all have, what kind of confidence does that give you that you can potentially go 1-0 against most anybody?
4: Yeah, well, it, it, you know, it, it, they they play well behind him. He knows they give him you know gives them a great chance to win the game. Um, now um, you know Wayne County's going to have a decent pitcher too, I'm sure. But but uh, starting in the second round, everybody's going to have a guy that you know they feel the same way about. Uh, I, mean, I think it, you know, obviously the pitcher's got to be in there. Um, you know, get in there and, and, and fill it up. But um, just offensively, I think we need to do a better job up and down the lineup of uh, coming up that big hit. And really, the only difference between the middle of the season. And late in the season is, man, I'm telling you, we'd we have bases loaded in the middle of the season, and it could be the guy that's hitting 150 come up and he hits a double in the gap. Um, you know, now we just haven't been getting those big hits. We've got people in, in position to do it. Um, so uh, you just don't know who it's going to be. Um, you know, and, 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 the, and in the playoffs, we've had all kinds of guys, unlikely guys, who who uh, over the years have, have been big either in a series or in a game. So, you know, while we have a lot of confidence uh, playing behind Austin, obviously uh um yeah, I I think it's gonna come down to whether we do the job offensively we need to do and and they're certainly capable of it. Uh but uh, and then you know, honestly we're probably gonna have to do it while they just point to first when Hayden comes up. Right. Because while they pitch to him in the season, they ain't gonna pitch to him um starting Friday,
2: I don't believe.
1: Yeah, and we're talking about Austin Dean, your uh, your one guy or your A, so to speak. But he's he's done some pretty good work uh, with the bat in his hand this year as well.
4: He has a, You know, he has at times as long as he stays within himself. Um, um, yeah, he has, and that's been a big surprise to us. Um, he's been a been a pretty decent contact guy, um, and if you're hitting four, you know, you got somebody on base. So uh, mm-hmm. you, know, he, you know, has an opportunity to drive in some runs. I know he's had. I you know, had some big hits against Hattiesburg, Had a couple big hits against Um and he, you know, he along with the rest of them again, you know, if they're not going to pitch to Hayden. Well, then, and Robert shoemaker and Austin Bean, they're going to have plenty of opportunities to drive in runs because uh, they're going to be hitting with somebody on base, and, and you know, they're going to they're going to be huge for us.
0: You know, coach, and you mentioned Wayne County, your opponent for the first round of the playoffs. And I know in football you get film uh, on the opponent and look at them. Baseball, you get their uh, uh, you get their scouting report. And so, what do you know about Wayne County going in uh, to the first round of the playoffs?
4: Well, we, we just know a little bit right now. I'm going to get a I'm going to get a scouting report from. Uh, from a coach, I guess I won't say who. <laughs> I was that
1: kind of waiting. I was like, "Go ahead, coach. We'll hear it all here tonight." Some I
4: of, of don't want to say. It. Look, I'm gonna tell you something. I get great scouting reports, Uh-oh. and um, so I'll get some people call me. But it depends who it is. Sometimes I just won't give it to them. Um, and, and it depends who they're asking about. <laughs> I may not. I may not give it on on a certain team. But uh, the guy I'm gonna call about one county, he's gonna give me a good. Um, <laughs> and. uh so, uh, so you know, we'll, we'll we'll get to know a little bit about them. We've just we've talked about it a little bit um, because even you know midseason, you know that's a potential um, potential matchup and and um, you know not going to overwhelm you on the mound. Um, very athletic team, so um, which which I think we can negate a little bit of that because they, they like to run around and do some stuff on the bases, mm. and, and people just don't do that a lot against us. Um, you know, if the pitchers do a decent job of holding them on and give us a chance. You know they're not running, they're not running on the guy we got. No. So so that helps us now an awful lot. Um, it's gonna you know again it, you know it's gonna come down and just execute not just putting the ball in play. High school baseball is about moving the baseball. Um, you know all those all those people that say uh, um, you know they showed me a video the other day about a coach talking about just this. Uh, you know all the way coming up you know kid strikes out and people you know they come back they go hey it's okay no it's not it's not. Uh, don't strike out just <laughs> put the doggone thing and play it's high school <laughs> baseball it's, you know make them feel the ball I don't care how hard you it, is, how soft you get do not strike out so um as long as you got the mindset it's not okay to strike out you put that ball in play you give yourself a chance but you know particularly again in high school baseball man uh you're a pretty good team if you average only two errors a game
1: yup so make them make a play huh coach
4: yeah that's it that's it and uh and uh, you know, I, we chart a lot of stuff. Uh, if we hit a lot of fly balls, we generally lose. If the other team hits a lot of fly balls, we generally win. So, um, you know, force them to catch the ball and throw it across the diamond, and then they got to make a catch to deal with us running. Um, so, you know, and, and we'll see more hits get through. Um, and, and you know, you got a man on second base. You hit that fly ball; you're, he's probably going to stay at second base. Hit that ground ball; you have to get us out. We got a pretty good shot to at least go to third on it, and that changes the whole dynamic of that pitch. So, and our guys know this. Our guys know this, so they just have to have good approaches.
1: Coach, you talk about uh, approaches and uh, contact um, on the ground. What some of your guys on staff that you may rely on for certain drills or certain uh, things that they're looking at from your batters when they're uh, taking. Uh, live BP just kind of if you would I know you chart a ton of things talk about what maybe those assistants are looking for or yourself and and what and who those assistants are in their background if you don't mind for our yeah. listeners
4: well I mean obviously you know the guys who handle the majority of the hitting our are, are coach Brader who uh you know, he, he's he been being just a uh, maybe a year removed from from professional baseball you know played six years of professional baseball and then played college baseball at at the river and at, at Southern Mississippi, um, had, had a great career both in college and you know, and in the in the minor leagues with the with the Rockies organization. And he's up, I think, with the big club, uh, you know, catching bullpens and things like that. So you know, he got a lot of wealth and information mm-hmm. just from those fellows. And you know, Kane Stockso does a lot of hitters and and does a tremendous job. And I didn't get to see him play, but they tell me he could swing it back mm. in the back.
1: Yeah, he was pretty good, uh, coach. So, uh, <laughs> I can verify that he could swing it. Yeah, now. and
4: well, and then Bob Dunhurst too, who, uh, who, who 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 he played some college ball and and he play and he uh, he really really does a great job of those hitters. But but as far as uh you know what what we'll do is I think uh, you know when I talk before the season uh, we talked about the best drill in the world was uh was putting someone on the bench. Mm-hmm. Well, in batting practice, you know you getting. X amount of rounds and X amount of cuts in those rounds. Um, they're line drive, ground ball rounds. And if you get the ball in the air, I don't care if that joker goes over the scoreboard, your round's over with. Hmm. Um, get the ball, line drive or ground ball, line drive or ground ball, and we're gonna work on that. I think a lot of a, uh, I think a lot of times in batting practice sports, you got a coach, flips it up there, um, from about thirty feet and it may be equivalent to about seventy mile an hour if you're really hmm. you're throwing it pretty decent. But it's only going about to forty. But you're from thirty feet. Seven. So it's real easy for those guys mm-hmm. to drop that back shoulder and see how far they can hit it. Well, that's you know that may look pretty in batting practice, but it doesn't play in a game. Right? Because um, that guy, you know, I'm in batting practice. I'm trying to make you hit it. When a game, that guy he don't want you to hit it. <laughs> and he's throwing it a little bit harder. He's missing. He's taking some off of it. He's throwing the breaking balls. He's hitting locations. Um, stuff like and We'll we'll do a little bit of that in, in the PP too. But um, so for me, I'm not a, you know I can get into the you know, technician stuff. I'm not a huge believer in uh, for most high school kids being real technical with their swing. Uh, I, I think approach will beat the rest of that stuff. The guy can have a real pretty swing and hit that 320 foot fly ball to in center field doesn't play. I don't mm-hmm. care how ugly your swing is. Hit that ball in the six hole, make that short stick that backhand and throw it across the time. You know? because um, that's what wins games. The big innings don't come from three run home runs. They come from E six or a single in the left or a hit by a pitch, stuff like that. Um, this isn't a pro ball, All you right. know. Pro ball everything on the ground's out. And if I was a if I was a, coach of a Yankee I quit hitting the dang ball on the ground. <laughs> you know, hit it in the air. Yeah. you paid millions of dollars to hit the dang ball in the air. Um, but but we're not. Uh, I, I just, uh, it's my 21st year, and I, I've seen an awful lot. I'm sure there's a lot of habits there, but uh constantly learning. But one thing I have learned, that, uh, that it's about just moving the baseball. Not necessarily hitting the other guy, just moving the baseball.
1: Coach, you described 21 years, and I'm, I'm... – we're supposed to be talking about PRC going into playoffs, but I'm, I'm trying to chase something here, so I'm going to keep chasing it. Um, through those 21 years, like travel ball, uh, the paid lessons during the week, like how much like what you're talking about here, when they get to you butts up against some of what they may be hearing from different spots, like has that changed as far as being a baseball coach over those 20 years? Yeah, yeah, it's changed
4: because there's more travel ball, and, uh, and and I don't have a problem with travel ball, but it's not just like anything else. There, there, it can be done right, and it can be done wrong. Um, you know, the problem is the biggest problems I see with travel ball are the fact that there are only eleven kids on a team, so you show up, you play, mm. and that may sound like that's cruel hearted, but my point is. You could strike out three times in a row. You can let four balls go b- between your legs. As long as your check clears, you're playing. Uh-huh. Um, and so so I don't know how much you have to really work. And then you get mad, so you just go to another team. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, and this is on the coach's end. Um, now, when we did travel ball with, with some of the guys here, a couple of picking uh, boys and and about a half dozen uh, to ten, maybe right around in there of ours, a couple from, from Wiggins, um, you know, it was me and Kane, and Ernie Landrum, mm-hmm. who does a great job with them. Um, you know, Anthony DeWitt, where well, you'd bunt to hit behind runners. Uh, if it was 0-2 or 1-2 and that ball was inside and you didn't get hit by the pitch,
2: <laughs> you may
4: not play again.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but, you know, we're playing baseball the right way. Well, you know, a typical travel ball thing, um, I mean, if someone's paying $3,000, they don't want to go and watch, you know, go to a tournament <laughs> yeah. three hours away and watch their kid bunt and get hit by pitches. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, uh-huh. they don't
4: want to see a dude, do baseball the right way <laughs> um, to learn the game. And, of course, not everybody's paying that, you know, that's no right. money or anything. Our guys didn't pay anything. We I mean, we spent more on, on on the cooking out between games than <laughs> the baseball. To be honest with you, <laughs> but um, and, and and we made it like that, you know, on purpose. But um, I just think just knowing the game. So I will say this: I think the players twenty years ago understood baseball better and didn't play as much. If that makes any.
1: It sense. does. It does certainly, which is 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 crazy to say, but you can see it uh, in the way what which what kids do now when they're not actually out there with you doing a sport isn't the same as what they were doing uh, 20 years ago. And it's just wild. But that's a totally different subject. Coach, we appreciate you joining us, man. It's always fun to talk uh, baseball with you, not only uh, Pearl River Central baseball, but baseball in general. We appreciate uh, your knowledge and good luck in the playoffs, Coach.
4: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Coach.
0: Hey folks, if you need that special sweet treat for birthdays, anniversaries or just because, stop by and see our friends at Katie Cake and Company. They're located at 109 West Canal Street in Pickney. Let Katie Cake and Company satisfy your sweet tooth. Shh, your scale will never have to know. Mugshots Grill and Bar is a proud sponsor of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. Mugshots is a place with great food, good drinks, a sporty atmosphere and prices that keep the customers coming back for more. Visit one of their 17 locations throughout Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama. Mugshots Grill and Bar, every sports fan's destination.
1: Now we're joined by Popperville head coach Slade Jones. Popperville, at this point in the season, is 19-6. and They'll be the two seed coming out of their district and 4A baseball playoffs beginning in a week. And so, Coach Jones, we talked to you before the year and we're kind of putting a regular season wrap on things, even though y'all have got – a little work left to do in the regular season. But talk to me about the way that your club's performed up to this point with that 19-6 and record and a 2-C. That's a pretty impressive year.
5: Uh, yeah, the biggest thing is we found ways to win close baseball games. Uh, what's the exciting part about it is you know, we're really still young. We have two, sometimes three freshmen in our lineup. And then uh, two or three sophomores, you know, a couple of juniors and a, you know, a few seniors. Uh, we have about 10 or 11 guys we plug in and out and uh, they just really you know play together as a unit and they have found a way to win baseball games.
1: Slade, when you look at the way uh, the young man pitched last Tuesday that kind of wrapped that two seed up, uh, Purvis, your rival came calling at y'all, and he threw a dandy. I, I think I had him for maybe 11, 11 strikeouts on the night, but he was certainly impressive out on the hill for y'all.
5: Yeah, that's Jordan Belson, and again, he's a he's a tenth grader. Uh, that's no surprise. He pitched a lot last year uh, as a freshman, and uh, you know that's that's pretty much the kind of outings he gives us. Uh, he's he's really he's a great competitor on the mound. He throws three pitches for strikes, and he competes. Uh, We're real excited about his future. I mean, uh, we think he's going to have a good run here in the playoffs, and we're excited.
1: Slade, just going up, and we're thankful Jeff and I are and and Jason that you allowed uh, kind of our crew to go up there and, and talk Popperville baseball on that Tuesday night. I was impressed. I knew what, what I was going to see in, uh Tyson Holston, Blaze Brearwood, Kane Array, but then the youth. You've described it on your roster. Uh, I believe it was an outfielder passman. Am I, am I calling him correct? He was a very impressive youngster for you the other night.
5: Yes. Uh, again, he's a freshman, and he kind of – we knew he was a good player coming in, and uh, he's just – he gets better every day. And the big thing about Raleigh is – he, 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 we say it all the time, you know, we need less hero stuff and more team stuff. And he doesn't take offense to that. He doesn't he, he tries to do things at the plate that are in the best interest of the Papa baseball team. And we always tell him the results will come and he's just really, really a polished hitter for a freshman. He's probably got the highest fat average on our entire team. Um, with you know, we, we inserted him late, so he has you know some fewer at bats. But seems like every game he's getting a hit or two hits a game against really good pitching. As a matter of fact, Friday night against Purvis, uh, he had our only hit.
1: Yeah, he was impressive. Uh, played a good outfield, and then speaking of defense, I, I thought Blaze played a really clean, solid shortstop. Uh, for you and then the way that he handles himself at the plate you you've got a pretty good mix man when you look at guys that have had a lot of plate appearances can really handle it at the plate and then this youth you're in a pretty good spot aren't you slate yeah uh
5: going into the year we really felt like blaze was going to have a breakout year and he has uh, at the plate and on defense and, you know it always doesn't go your way at slate and that's one thing that we've learned about him this year is that even, you know, those nights that doesn't go great, which there's not many of them, but when it doesn't go great at the plate for him, he makes up for it on defense. And that's a great trait to have. Uh, another one, our other middle infielder, Brady Todd, uh, you know, he he plays the game like his hair's on fire. Just, you know, he's getting dirty all the time, gets on base, you know, hits, hits power, hits for average, and when it's not there, he makes up for it on defense.
1: Yeah, he had some uh, really – you just call him professional at-bats. He had some really nice at-bats the other night against Purvis, put it uh, right through the hole that was given to him between the first and second base side there, and then actually was hit by a pitch and, and really was able to, to spark some of y'all's rallies the other night. I was impressed uh, with him as well. And so what has to continue to happen for y'all, Slade, to make a deep run in these playoffs? Uh
5: Really, it's about pitching and defense. Um, you know, you know, uh, you know, coming out the bullpen this year, we've really gone to an eighth and a ninth grader out of the bullpen all year long. Our guy that we've been throwing on Friday night, Jay Johnson, is a senior left-hander. Uh, he's done a really good job for us. Um, uh, D'Artagnan Wilcox, he's a senior. He comes out of the bullpen sometimes. You know, we're looking at him possibly as a game three guy. Him or John John Babiowski, who's a 10th grader who started the year, you know, really in the mix for that starting rotation. And I ran into some arm problems, and those are going away now, so he's getting healthy at the right time.
1: You know, Slade, in baseball, if you can hit uh, 300, you're doing, you're doing well. You can get close to 400 in high school baseball, you're hitting really well. That's about as good as I did with that last youngster's uh, <laughs> name that you pronounced. Uh, Trey Wilson and Ethan – uh, Spears were up in the press box with me, and they give me a nod when I got it correct, and then they give me that old head shake when I, when I threw one in the <laughs> dirt with his last name. So I apologize. But you mentioned the youth, the, uh, a Blakeney kid that maybe comes out of the pen to close things down as an eighth grader. Is that right?
5: Yeah, that's the eighth grader we're talking about is a Joseph Blakeney, left-handed pitcher. He plays more like a 10th grader, but he's an 8th grader and he's going to be around for a long time. The other one is Eli Goodwin. He's a freshman, uh, comes in, you know, right-handed fastball, breaking ball chains. Uh, you know, that's the main two that we've been going through out of that bullpen.
1: Great first year for uh, for you there and Popperville, Slade. We appreciate uh, your time on the podcast, man, and we appreciate calling more Popperville baseball. Things work out uh, the way that Jeff and I hope will be uh, at pick you tomorrow night talking hornet baseball. Okay Thank, Thank you quite. Slay.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Stay tuned for more episodes in the weeks to come.